0: Well, here starts something new. Welcome to Home Show Extra. It's a podcast that we've put together. To answer the questions that you send us at homeshowradio.com, I'm Charlie Mojer, and of course, he is
1: Tom Tynan. That's me. It's my podcast. I got a podcast. It's, That's like, I'm on Facebook. I have a Linky Dink account. I'm on podcast.
0: And yeah, yeah, and, and you want to see his MySpace page if you really want to be impressed. Oh, do I have one? Okay, fine.
1: <laughs> no, no. Yeah, all right.
0: I do not have a Twitter or an X. Well, or whatever it is. That's it. Okay. No, he's on He's on Truth. He's on Truth Social with the Don no, there. No, I'm not. No, he's so, not. Okay. I
1: think I know what that is. <laughs> all
0: before we start feeling the heat let's start talking roofing here cuz that's to, to every week when we do home show extra time we're going to kind of get a bunch of questions around the same topic and and we have just a bunch of roofing questions and i guess that shouldn't come as a surprise since we're having the summer we're having
1: well, it's hot and we haven't had a lot of rain, but you know what that means? There could be some on the horizon with tropical storms. So let's see.
0: Well, when I talk to Jim over at Ideal, he mm-hmm. will he will tell me whenever the rain comes, he says, just leave me alone for a few days. because all the Oh, sun, yeah. Oh, it, he's
1: going to get the call. I know
0: it. Those roofs are cooking and when the rain hits it. Yeah. So let's talk about roofing here. Uh, Charlie has one for us from... Goodlitzville, Tennessee, all right? And he says, I'm trying to understand the best location for installing gable vents in a pole barn. It's a 36 by 22 by 10. It's a metal pole barn. It has a forward over 12 pitch, asphalt shingle roof, and a 36-foot-long ridge vent. The interior of the building is completely built out into a workspace, so the attic is just high enough to crawl through on my hands and knees. In my case, does it make sense to put a gable vents down low or up high into the gable, and uh, would multiple ones be more effective?
1: Well, that's an interesting question, because gable vents are meant to be at the top. They were the original form of a ridge vent, so the hot air at the top peak of the the gable, which is the the, uh, top of the triangle it would exhaust the heat. So that would be your traditional method of doing it. If you don't do it that way, don't do it all. Now, he says he has ridge vents and all the other venting system that has been invented since, you know, the uh, 1920s when gable vents were used quite a lot. So I don't think he needs to do anything at all. But if you're going to put a gable vent in, they should be put in at the top. It's the only place that would make any sense, the top uh, triangular portion of the gable.
0: Now he says that he has a ridge vent running the length of it. Though.
1: I know that's why I don't think he needs to do anything at all. But some people insist on stuff, and uh, and 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 in fact, I have put them in homes where people wanted the looks. Some of them are not even gables, but they're the round vent just for the look on the top of the gable, which is an old historical look. And we would just plywood the backside of them; nobody would know, and paint it black, so it just looked like a, it was a vent that wasn't it wasn't functional because we had all the ridge vents. So I don't think he needs any at all. But the fact is, his question was, where would he put them? If you're going to put them, put them where they're supposed to be, and that's the top of the triangle.
0: All right. Well, then there's uh, Felix over in Pearland. He says he wants information on putting spray foam in the attic roof and exterior walls. He says it appears that many new construction homes are doing this versus using decking with the radiant barrier attached and fiberglass bats in the walls. I think the foam can hide damage like water and 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 stop the home from being able to breathe. That's what he says. He sounds Felix sounds like he's listened to you for a while.
1: Yeah, he's he's answered his question. Don't use foam. Foams are really expensive. They're not necessary in Houston. Now, I don't know if this you know person's calling from Russia would be different, but we're in the in the you know somewhere it's really cold. Uh, but as far as that goes, no, it's it's. The way you insulate an attic is this. You have three types of heat. I'll try to keep it simple. Sure. Convective, conductive, and radiant. Uh, the radiant barrier is 80% of the heat that comes through the attic is radiation. You stop that with a radiant barrier, roof decking, bang. You've got your biggest uh, barrier you can get for heat coming into the home. It's just going to stop it. Then it allows the insulation on the floor of the attic to deal with the conductive heat gain, which is just hot and cold touching. You put a a uh, resistor of heat flow between the two. And the, so what heat does build up in the attic, it won't go down. It'll go up, slowly heat the air, and then out the ridge vent because it becomes a convective heat because it heats the air. Hot air rises. So take advantage of that. So there is no need at all for any kind of foam. And it's nice that everybody is, you know, selling it on the market. But like a lot of the, what we're getting out of Washington and the insulation industry and everything – it's not really helping our energy consumption at all. If it was, you'd hear a lot more about it. All it's doing is making people very wealthy there. And Houston is, is going to be a place where there's money. We're very, uh, we're very active here, and we have a great economy compared to a lot of the rest of the country. So every manufacturer wants to sell product here. There's no doubt.
0: Especially these foam guys.
1: Foam, I, I, yeah. have big money, them- and, and people are all caught up in this this false narrative And it's just the way it is. So here at Home Show Radio, I'm not changing my views. And I've proven it over and over again with the homes i built over 30 years. You just don't need it. It's unnecessary. And if you get a roofer like Ideal Roofing to go in there and try to spot a roof leak with all that foam, he did mention that too. Then you're getting into a whole different uh, bad place. And that's when a roofer is going to go in and have to literally... They're going to have to scrape all that foam out of there, which you can imagine the mess that's going to get airborne in your home, in your attic. They got to find the roof, then they got to put the new roof on. If it needs a new roof or a repair, then you're going to have this big gap in your in your foam system. So what do you do then? You have to get new foam people out. And by the time they see it and you see it, the damage is done. And someone like Ideal Roofing, one of our sponsors, is going to have a a, a big job trying to get it all fixed for you. So... Think about what every material does. With with Ideal Roofing, when they put a roof on, their roof is there to stop the rain from getting past the roof. And that's what they do. And if they have to repair it or if they have to replace it, they need that, that area to do it. And so I think it hurts a lot of the roofers out there. I think it hurts a lot of the homeowners. And I would tell you, if you talk to a good roofer, and we're always going to mention Ideal here, those are the people that will come out and probably tell you that's not a good idea. They would put the radiant barrier roof decking on, and their recommendation would be that, too.
0: I, and I've heard Jim say that a million times. And I've also heard yeah. you say of Jim that he's not just a roofer. He's a waterproofer.
1: He is. They do decking, and they you know if you have breaches through windows and, and through uh, uh, second-floor decks and things— these guys are experienced, and they also get into commercial roofing mm-hmm. where we really don't worry about energy efficiency in a bowling alley. We just don't want the bowling alley to get wet inside, so they take care of all the the flat roof systems. They have roof maintenance programs, so if you're a facilities person, ideal is the way to go. But they'll go back and tell you, if you just talk to them on the, at the kitchen table, as everybody says, about the foam, they're going to say it's not a good idea in the overall picture. Everything has a place. And a roof is a roof, and insulation is insulation, but you don't spray it underneath the roof decking.
0: Speaking of radiant barriers, um, I got one here from James in in Brandon, Florida. He says, when the time comes to replace my shingle roof, should I invest in a foil-faced rigid foam insulation sandwich to create a better break in the heat transfer?
1: I wouldn't invest in that. You, you threw me when you said Florida and a shingle roof. Uh yeah, I was I was starting to think wood shingles, but there ain't a wood shingle roof in Florida. Uh, no, unless it's it's
0: from got eighteen hundred. Yeah, it's got to be a tile or even cement that a shingles are big down there too. That
1: could be cement yeah. and anyway. Uh, I wouldn't invest in all that. In fact, the radium barrier research was done in Florida at Cape Canaveral at the Florida Solar Energy Center, and you can look up a lot of their specs, but it's really just a simple Uh, a foil if you're going to use a foil if it goes on a decking it goes on a decking and then you go ahead and use it as a roof deck with foil on the backside. you can even get sprays that are still available today i even saw some on amazon the other night and they're actually very uh good for an existing home that you're not going to be putting a new roof on Mm -hmm. but you don't need to get into all the sandwich and everything but a radiant barrier should go inside the attic uh, shiny side facing down so it's unobstructed and nothing is touching it because then it becomes a low emitter. So it should be a simple way to do it after you do all the the roofing on the outside of the roof decking to make sure that that's all watertight and nice and clean.
0: So you're saying get the, either get the decking that has the foil on it. Well, the problem with that is, isn't it mostly OSB that does that now? No,
1: you can buy GP, Georgia Pacific. You can still buy plywood with it on, and you okay. can buy other plywood products with it on. So it's your choice.
0: So you would put whatever is decking with the foil affixed yeah, to it. it no, forget.
1: Tech Shield was the LP product, and that's the the, right. the OSB you're thinking.
0: But saying forget the idea of, of this sandwich with, with yeah, foam it's and all that. It's just, yeah, you're overthinking You're overkill, it. and yeah. you're,
1: doing, you're going back to a time before all the research uh, matured into making it easy and everyday— uh, applications and so don't go back down that road.
0: Well, Aaron in Stockton, California saw a, a video about the roof radiant barrier and he's doing a roof replacement on his house out there, but the requirement is cool, is cool roof in my area. And he says, I needed to put the put in a radiant barrier. His question is on his roof, he doesn't have plywood and he has one by six as decking. How would he put a radiant barrier on that on top of the one by eights or take out the one by eights and, and redeck everything? What, 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 how would he do that?
1: Well, Stockton funny. It's where my wife was born. Uh, it's very hot out there. I've been there many times and, uh, They have very strict rules you have to follow in California with everything. That doesn't mean they make a lot of sense, Mm -hmm. but you have to follow them. The cool decking they're talking about or the cool roof, that's a coating with ceramics in there. So that's going to do you some good until it wears out a little bit. On the other side of that, if he had that, I would get the spray, and I would have someone, after they put the roof on, go in the attic and just spray the underside. It's simple. It's quick. The cool uh, roof system will help a little bit. The radiant barrier will pick up the... The residual, and you got a pretty good uh, process there that shouldn't cost you too much money. Just the amount of whatever you're going to pay somebody to spray it with a paint sprayer.
0: <laughs> the and of course, and if it's in California, you know it's going to have the cancer warning on it too. I think I think milk has a cancer warning in California. Good, gotta S- like milk. Sonny Sonny <laughs> My
1: family Ka- owned a dairy farm.
0: Sonny in <laughs> Katy, Texas, um has a similar situation here. He says his house is about, about twenty years old. He says he has half inch OSB decking on his roof. Yes. About fifteen years ago we had a radium barrier sprayed on the attic underside, as you're supposed to. And uh, due to a couple of hailstorms, he now has to have the roof re- he's had to have the roof replaced twice since the radium barrier was applied. So you probably know what question is coming here, Tom. He says number one, does it make sense financially to have another coat of that barrier applied? And if they ever need another roof, should he just go for the, the OSB decking with the, the foil on it?
1: If there's a reason to pull all that old decking off, then of course you go back with the foil. But I can't imagine them ever—a roof deck should last the life of the house. Even the OSB, you might replace some pieces from water damage, but I, I, I just think the cost would be just way too much. I'd rather him go and spray another layer, but I don't think he even needs to do that. I think it's fine. It's not a paint that wears off like a color. It's got little metal flakes in there, so as long as it's sticking up there, it's doing what it's supposed to do. They've done a lot of research on the longevity of radium barriers, and if they're installed on the underside of the roof decking, they haven't found a point yet where it makes sense to do it again. If you're if you're
0: kind of wondering what we're doing here, this is uh, uh, a new thing we're doing with Home Show Radio with Tom Tynan, where we're answering questions on a theme every week in a pod, in this podcast and. Our topic today is roofing. We're talking about all the kinds of roofing questions we've had in recently, and there's probably something here that's going to be helpful to you. Um, Mark in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. I know where that is. That's outside of Philly. He says, when it rains really hard, water starts to pull on the threshold of my exterior door. So I'm not sure this is necessarily a roofing thing. He says, which leads to water leaking from the basement ceiling. How can I fix this?
1: Uh, he's got a threshold issue. That anytime you have water puddle up against your house, you've got to handle it. You've mm-hmm. got to move it away. You look at the old FHA standards. They want water to run at least four foot away from the foot of the house, whether it's a threshold, whether it's a brick, whether it's a siding. It has to run positively away. If water builds up around the outside, I don't care how much flex Seal you put on there, it's coming in. Uh, It needs to be redone so the water drains positively away, especially with the threshold. If they have to remove the door, remove the threshold, put down a pan. I know we talk about ideal roofing here today on the podcast, but one of the things they used to do for me and my company when I had second floor uh, uh, doors and stuff, they set all the what they call the door pans Mm -hmm. on the house all the way around. And then we'd go back and put the doors in and stuff so we never had a leak because that's a real vulnerable place. Uh, So I know he's in Pennsylvania. He's going to have to find some local people. And he does have a room underneath it. It's called a basement, but it's still there. (laughs) So I have a feeling it's time for him to have someone put in a complete door pan, just like we would do here in the Houston area and call Ideal Roofing on that here. But there he'll have to find a local roofer. Okay. Or waterproofer, as you said earlier. Or waterproofer. That's
0: it. Well, that's kind of why I think this wound up in our questions, because I wasn't sure if it might be something that would be around that. In that bailiwick, if you will.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you were right on. And you know, Ideal Roofing. Jim, you've known Jim as long as I have over there, the owner. And that's the kind of stuff they talk about all the time. The roof part's the easy part. It's things like that that you have to have the real skills.
0: Yeah, those flashing details. Yeah. Yeah. Because De- I know that when he, he will, in his sheet metal shop, they will create special Absolutely. pans for the doors that you can't get otherwise. And that he the- made
1: some great custom metal for me for a project I have. Not for, for that, but. He's got the, the materials. He's got the brakes and the rollers and stuff to do those things.
0: Right. Dennis in, Umble, uh, in tech here in Texas says he has a roof that had wind and hail damage and it's being replaced. My question is, after the old shingles are taken off, will I lose anything on the old radiant barrier decking by nailing or reed going into it? And I think this, this kind of goes into what Sonny was saying about his roof. It mm-hmm. doesn't sound like it, Tom.
1: No, he won't, but I, I understand what people are thinking because you get all these nails punching through it, mm-hmm. and then now we're going to have all those nails pulled out, a whole bunch more punched through it, so you have these little holes. And I guess if you were really, really OCD and you want to do a little research on one square inch and how much is whole and how much is, is radio barrier, you, you'd see some kind of percentage, but overall, it's not going to make a, a, a difference when it comes to... $0.08 cents or $0.22 cents on your electric bill. So just put the new roof on. It's fine.
0: All right. Let's talk about concrete roofs for a minute. i got a couple of questions about them. Sure. Um, the first one comes from Ben. He's up on the north side in Houston. He says he has his concrete roof is on a home that was built in 1970s, and there is no roof decking. So when you enter the attic, you literally see the underside of the tile. And he says, I'm thinking that blown insulation over the old, very dirty, dusty fiberglass insulation will help save a lot of money on heating and cooling bills and pay for the insulation costs quickly. What are your thoughts?
1: I know if he's he's got a real high energy bill and he has very little insulation, insulation always will. You get to a point where you can put too much. But if he has an R30 on the floor of the attic, and quite frankly, the... uh, the concrete tile, that's a perfect roof to spray a radiant barrier coating on. It holds well, and it would do a tremendous bit of uh, good underneath there because what happens with with the concrete roofs is they retain heat. They're a capacitor, and it's like a brick wall. When the sun goes down, if you put your hands close to a brick wall, you'll feel the heat radiating from it, so it's radiating heat down into that attic space, and with a radiant barrier spray, it would reduce 70 to 80% of that easily, so... He would get a lot of bang from that, as well as if he needs to dress up his attic floor. Sure, absolutely. Get about 14 inches of insulation, and that's what you're looking for in this part of the world.
0: Okay, fair enough. Over in Austin, Larry has a concrete roof, too, and he needs some soffit lights upgraded to be LED. And part of the lighting is above his concrete tile roof. And he says he's afraid that the guys don't know how to walk on the tile roof without cracking it. Any suggestions?
1: Find someone who can walk on the roof <laughs> and knows what they're doing.
0: Well, a question, uh, I hate to be a, a, a smart question guy. Well, like yeah, that's right. That, a but, question well asked is half answered. Exactly. Well,
1: right. <laughs> you know, ask him. Hey, if you're not comfortable doing this, because they have to walk along the rafters where the mm-hmm. and they have to be very careful. I don't see the roof. I don't know what kind of uh, detail it has. What kind of? Uh, some of them have a lot of ridges. Some of them are pretty flat and pretty solid. Uh, but. You might want to consider, you know, making sure that they've done it and they know what they're doing. But that's the only way I can answer that question. Get someone who does, and then they won't crack the tile.
0: Maybe you want to ask if they've done it before.
1: Yeah, and if they're uncomfortable, if it's a good roof, say, well, no, or excuse me, electrician, I'm not comfortable doing that. Then maybe if you have a roofing buddy that will come out and get on the roof for him and pull his wire, that would be great.
0: Okay, there you go. That could be a way to go. Um, Cindy lives in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and uh, she has a one of those Cape Cod homes. And, and if you're listening, you don't know what a Cape Cod home looks like. It's like it's like a box, a very boxy kind of house, right? With with a door in the middle and couple windows on either side, a nice pitch roof there. It, it's it. But it, you know a Cape Cod house when you see one, right?
1: I'm good with that. I've seen them. Okay. I've He's, been to Cape Cod. He yeah.
0: says, I've lived on Cape Cod. Um, I have the ridge vent and the covered gable vent. He says, I've never changed out the ridge vent, but I'm at a crossroads with roof repairs, she says. Cindy says, I've, I've, I've as I've said in videos of the original house, I'm sorry, she says, there's a video of the original house that had a gable vent. And she's thinking about getting rid of the ridge. And the roofer says, adding a soffit halfway down might be the way to go. I want this roof to be done correctly. Do I open the gable vents again? My neighbor has a similar home. They have gable vents, but she's not sure which way to go. So does she go with gable vents, soffit vents, or ridge vent? What's your recommendation?
1: Well, it should be uh, ridge vents and soffit vents and cover the gable because the gable has a historic uh, meaning to it. Uh, And that's what she's had, it sounds like, and, and it seems like it's working okay. It's fine. The reason people used gable vents back then is because it was the only way to vent an attic. And, of course, they had no air conditioning, and so they did everything they could. And in a lot of the older homes, maybe not Cape Cod, but around the country, we had the whole house fans, and those gable vents would let the air escape when those things kicked on. I know here in Houston it was pretty popular for a long time. But I would go ridge vents, soft vents. It's not going to change. And, by the way, a ridge vent being on a long time, they don't go bad, so they can be there as long as they want.
0: Okay. So, But at the end of the day, your your choice would be... Go with the soffit and ridge vent.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what, if I listen to the question properly that, or correctly, that that's what she said she had, mm-hmm. and she blocked off the gable vent on on purpose, and that's exactly what worked for her. And they continue that,
0: yeah. So when you say block off the gable vent, you mean do it from the inside. You can leave it
1: architecturally on the outside. Oh yeah, you need to because those those houses need that. It just it gives it that 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 uh, vernac, what we call architectural vernacular. Uh, but as far as it goes, yeah, you just keep the wind from blowing in. Cause when the wind blows in and if she's on Cape Cod and she has ocean breezes,
0: there's, there, there's, there's always a breeze. Yeah. yeah
1: and so it's going to blow the air the wrong direction inside the attic and you want the air to slowly move up and out the vent and take the moisture with it. So all it is, is just a wind block. That's all it is.
0: I think about what Jim says about that. He says, when, when you have multiple sources inside, it's like cut, punching holes in a straw.
1: Yeah, it's like someone had too much coffee in the morning. I'm not sure which direction they're going.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Let he among us who hasn't done that. <laughs> yeah,
1: every morning. Gary, yes.
0: Gary is up in Seattle. And he writes to us. He says his 1945 shingle roof recently was checked by a roofer, and it says he has no shiplap. Can I still walk on it, or should I get shiplap when we replace the roof? Or are our rafters presumed to be strong enough for something like that?
1: If you walk on the... I'm not sure what kind of roof this guy has. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of bracing, but if you walk on the rafter and you're really good about walking on something that's an inch and a half wide, stay on the rafter. It'll be fine. It's not going to collapse. If you've got some kind of weird roof that's spanning and I don't know what he has, it should have some kind of one by fours or something, Uh, then be careful because it'll sag in between. So stay on the rafters. And it's kind of like when you were talking about the concrete roofs earlier, you stay on the rafters.
0: Yeah. Seattle, Seattle roofs are a different animal. They, they clean the roofs up there.
1: Yeah, well, because they, they get they it's pretty they,
0: they get mold on them and it's, yeah, it's a it, big it's, business. It's
1: a pretty harsh environment. It's it's the Seattle area and some of the Oregon coast and Houston are the most two volatile areas we have in the country. And uh, you know some of the people we work with, like the Hardy Corporation, that's why they have special primers in those two areas and why the the Hardy siding is so popular in both those areas.
0: All right, let's go closer to home here. For us, anyway. I got three Texas questions to finish out our very first Home Show Extra. See, Jeff Baker is in Kima, Tom. He says, we have a beautiful home in Clear Lake Shores. It's six years old. We've lived in it for two years now, and we've noticed there are stains on the third floor ceiling, and I think it's called ghosting. So we have a a tall cathedral ceiling that runs from the second floor open concept up to about 30 feet with no attic space. And I understand it's getting moisture from somewhere. One roofer noticed it has a ridge vent over it. And he suggested this ridge vent could be a problem and suggested taking it off. And it could because it could be letting moisture and heat back into the space. Also, should we blow some insulation through the inside of that ceiling before we repaint it?
1: Yeah, to a lot of it. One is if, if a ridge vent can't, there, there's two two ways to handle this. In an attic, you either vent it properly or you don't vent it at all. Because what will happen is water and heat and everything will trap down inside there and kind of drop into that area. Uh, and that ghosting is nothing more than just moisture coming through the sheetrock and leaving a, what people would consider a water stain. Uh, but, yeah, if if it can't work, then get rid of the ridge vent fill it full of insulation, and tighten it up and so no extra air can get in there. And as far as when they go, they're going to have to paint the inside of that ceiling, so they're going to have to get a Rudy in there some or somebody like that, and they're going to have to do a real uh, nice primer on the whole thing and, and seal all that in, and then go ahead and paint it the color they want. Don't just slap some uh, inexpensive flat ceiling paint on there because it'll keep coming through.
0: Is this where you put that, uh, what's that stain thing you put on before you you? You, you think about pigmented
1: shellac, that's I don't what I'm think they about. need to go yeah. that route because it's not like a wet stain, mm-hmm. but I think there are uh, uh, sheetrock primers that handle that and give it a nice even coat, and then you do a nice colored coat of a ceiling paint, and and it should stop something like that if they handle the insulation issue.
0: John in Magnolia is having a new roof put on, and that's the good news. The bad news is the roofer hit the AC high, high side lines with nails nice okay. yeah. <laughs> do you want to explain what that means before i go further
1: that's one of the refrigeration lines you just it's it's it doesn't make a lot of difference to people all it is is you have a refrigeration line that goes in and out and he, they hit one of the lines
0: okay so but the if there's a high side there's a low side is there
1: yeah what well, goes from from gas to uh, i'm not going to get into it all here but gas to liquid and moves the heat out and goes to the condensing unit and, and then the air uh the heat's rejected so Either way, you put a hole in one of them, your refrigerant's leaving. It's, it's, a, a,
0: it's a bad program.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't even look down the air conditioning side. File you that can have under, someone yeah. from AirTech from Katie to answer that one, because yes. that gets really uh, uh, confusing.
0: File that under, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <don't, laughs> okay. Don't hit nail but, but his question is, is there a building code on how far these lines should be from the roof deck? No. Nope.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, it's uh, this is not a question I haven't heard or a question I've gotten before. I've gotten this question many times. Oh. They're gonna run those refrigeration lines <laughs> anywhere they can. <laughs> and uh once in a while. It's just like somebody hitting a plumbing line in a wall when mm-hmm. you're resheetrocking or something and it gets it worse.
0: It gets worse. He says they did a pressure test and you can hear it leaking really of loud. It's got holes in it. <laughs> of course it does. That's a very pressurized system you got there, okay?
1: Yeah, they probably have two options. Well, it's yeah, it is it is a lot of pressure on there. Uh, that's why they use those gauges. Right. But you have two options. Either rerun a different line, which is usually the, probably the most common option. Right. Or if you can get to it, then you're going to have to cut it out and rerun a piece of it anyway. So it's best probably just to rerun the line, but it's a mess.
0: I guess at the end of the day, the question is, whose fault is this? Is, is it bad installation or the roofer?
1: I don't know if you, who you fault. It just happened. But I can tell you fixing it is not duct tape.
0: Yeah, I know. That's as far as I'm going on the show. They can figure
1: out whose problem it is.
0: All right, yeah. Well, when I was a little boy, remember my stepdad found uh, air conditioning, the aluminum air conditioning tape. Yes. And said, Oh, uh, we don't have to get a new muffler, I can just wrap it with this. It works till you drive. (laughs) Till you drive. And that's when I'm about five miles down the road and Uh what's that smell? (laughs) Okay. All right. Last question. Okay, you think that's crazy? How about bats in your belfry? Brenton Dickinson says, In the course of having a national pest control company investigate dealing with a bat colony we have living in our patio pillars, we subsequently inspected the attic for signs of bats. I was told we had wood fungus on our rafters. It seemed to me a case of overselling, and I sent the guy on his way. But I want a professional opinion on whether or not this is truly an issue to deal with. The rafters do have some kind of white Discolored splotches, and I have lots of pictures. He says, "But
1: th- should I worry about this?" No, I don't know of a of a rafter at a house that's been there for decades in Houston that doesn't have discoloration. Right? Uh, if you can stick your finger through it, then you're in trouble. And I doubt that's even close. So right. no.
0: So, so he's not worried about bats or something. It's up probably
1: some course. kind of growth of something. I. I you, get, you, you go in there and see those old rafters. They are like all different kinds of black stuff, green stuff. It's just the way it is. It's mm-hmm. an attic.
0: That's the way it goes. And so goes our very first Home Show Extra podcast. Hey, we you did pretty good here. We went through a bunch of questions. We're going to do another one of these. We've got uh, our next topic is going to be air conditioning. You might <laughs> it hard to
1: believe. Yeah, and we We're, can talk about that. And this one being roofing, call Ideal Roofing. <laughs> that's all I got to say it. there, too. Yeah,
0: and if you're curious about that, you can find Ideal Roofing at homeshowradio.com we there got you a go. link there. Or just Google Ideal Roofing here in Houston, yeah. and, uh, and you'll find them easy-peasy just like that. And if you want to get some questions on our next podcast or have ideas on topics you want us to cover, just go to com. It's our website. And click on the Ask Tom button and put it in there. That's how you get the stuff on here. And we'd love to hear from you. That's uh, And so... You want to listen to some more Tom, get some more live questions? You can listen to him every Saturday and Sunday on our website. We stream it at homeshowradio.com. If you're in the Houston area, you can hear it at 610 kilocycles at Sports Radio 610. Or uh, you can also listen to him on the Odyssey app. It's streamed everywhere on Home Show Radio. And we thank you for listening, and we'll see you with another Home Show Extra.